Welcome to episode 117 of P's and Q's podcast. I am Clay, and uh, we're actually doing things a little bit differently around here until uh, a little bit after New Year's. We're trying to figure out scheduling, so for the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be rolling solo, just like the last couple of episodes, so it's going to go. Welcome to episode 117. I'm Clay, and welcome to P's and Q's podcast. God damn, that was natural. Fuck off. Are you kidding me? we got a jam-packed episode for you today. I talk about all sorts of stuff. I read a bunch of headlines. Who knew in the 1800s, the squirrels, pet squirrels, was a $70 billion industry. Get the fuck out of here. Talk about Elon Musk. We talk about Brittany, uh, really good Let's Talk Tuesday got sent in, Brittany Griner edition. Um, but other than that, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys telling your friends reaching out to us on uh, social media, checking us out on TikTok. Um, the show must go on, and me and Joe will get back on track one day. We just got to get our schedule squared away. So uh, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live. This fucking thing sucks. <laughs> These nuts <laughs> Got <he. sighs> Here we go again Here we go again Another episode Flying solo It's all good uh, Me and Joe are gonna wait to try and do the podcast together Till after the the holiday season is uh, all said and done. Scheduling is just almost impossible between two adults with children to get like a weekly. With kids our age, getting a weekly thing is next to impossible. Like anybody out here listening who has kids, I want you to think of your week, Monday through Sunday. Is there a time where you can sit down and call somebody for like an hour and a half. Okay, so imagine imagine if you had to get that person once a week to to talk for like an hour and a half over Skype basically, right? So we're moving on onward and upward. This isn't the end of uh, Clay and Joe doing P's and Q's podcast by any stretch of the imagination. It's just going to be a little bit of solo action for a little while until we can kind of configure our schedules together. I got to get better internet out here where I record because recording with Joe in my room in my house also is like... I have to do it after the kids go to sleep. And like if I laugh too hard, you know, there's a solid chance that something happens or if one of the kids wakes up, not even because I laughed too hard, just because something happened. Like, it's just too much. It's too much. But when I'm out here in the shed, now granted, it's 39 fucking degrees. I'm wearing, I'm wearing two pairs of sweats, wool socks, boots, a sweatshirt, 
and a North Face jacket right now. Think about that. <laughs> that's, that's absolute madness. And I can see my breath right now. So think of the leaps and bounds that, uh, that we put ourselves through to get you guys another episode every week. We greatly appreciate you tuning in, telling your friends, telling your friends' friends, trapping them, if you will, into listening to P's and Q's podcast. Because one of these days, one of these days, you're going to be able to be one of the people who looks back and goes, I've been listening to that shit since episode one. When we're in episode 10,000 and Joe and I are interviewing Joe Rogan's old bitch ass, 95 years old, still still svelte as hell, you're going to be able to look back and be like, I was a naughty boy since day one. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I, I kind of cleaned up the shed where I record. So that's nice. I've got uh, a, a much more comfortable sitting situation. Now, laptop's still on the lap, but it's in the name, right? You think about that laptop, it's meant to be in your lap. You know, if you put a laptop on a desk, you're almost being disrespectful to the unit. So I got laptop on the lap. And, you know, as the holiday season ramps up, it's not like I got a whole lot of shit to talk about. You know, I'm just going through life, right? We're just getting the kids presents. I did a little Christmas shopping this weekend on Saturday. Got Allie all squared away. You know, I would say what I got her, but this is going to drop tomorrow. So, no, Wednesday. But that's not Christmas yet anyways. So, we're in trubs big time there. Um, I got a, little, a couple Let's Talk Tuesdays from the Gmail. Don't forget, if you got a Gmail question, pandqpod at gmail.com. Send them and fire them away. I love that. I love answering your guys' questions. And I'm going to talk to Joe. Um, what I'd like for people to do is send into the Gmail or the Instagram. And it's a question for Emperor Joe. And then Joe, what I'd like him to do is he'd read these questions. And then he gives his answer. And then I'll read his answer. And that way, he's, it's not like he's gone. His spirit's still here. I like that idea. I'm an idea guy. You know, I'm an idea god, if you will. Just chilling out here. Just being a, just being a fucking popsicle. I got hands in pockets right now. I'm, I'm, I'm curling toes of how cold it is out here. It's not insulated. But it's cozy. It's still cozy. It's well lit. The color we picked when we painted this place is delightful. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there. One of these days when we have a big old barbecue here out out at the out in God's country, you guys will be able to swing by. And I'm talking to everyone here. You just hey, if you email p and q pod at gmail dot com, some questions for Emperor Joe and some Let's Talk Tuesdays. You're getting the automatic invite to the barbecue. And I'm telling you, it's a good time. 
Um, one thing that did happen this <laughs> this week uh, was I gave my son Bo a haircut, and it looks it looks really really cute right now because you can see his whole face. It's it's really good that you can see his face. His hair was down to his shoulders and it was in his face. One of his eyes was covered so much so when I when I cut the hair off of the front of his face, he like had to refocus his eye because there's always hair in front of it. So it started out and I thought that I thought that the guard that I had on wanted to take as much off and, and I was doing a really good job at first. I took a little bit off the sides, thinned out the back. So he had kind of a swaggy little mullet. And then I was doing the side, and he just leaned into it. And I took that thing down to a three on his his head. So you, it looks nice, and then there's just a patch missing. And I'm like, fuck. So I have to kind of clean up the side a little bit. And then I'm doing the back, and he does it again. Quick movement, and I cut... <sighs> Four inch long by two inch wide all the way down to the scalp patch on the back of his head. I felt pretty terrible. He looks, here's the thing, is that like, if I was giving my like best friend a haircut, like let's say I was giving Joe a haircut, this wouldn't be funny because it would just be me fucking up an adult's head. But Bo, my son, is so goddamn cute that he he now has the same haircut as um maybe I got a little internet I got to look up his name it's like John Berthall or something um from Fury the movie yeah there we go fury i got some internet i got some internet cast yeah, John Bernthal. So look up John Bernthal from Fury, and that's what kind of haircut Bo has right now. Um, and it looks super cute on him, and we got to get it cleaned up, obviously. But I had no intention of fucking up his head so bad. But he, he rocks it. He looks like a little stud, and he just kind of stomps around the house, you know. He he looks like a different kid, but he's still got his cute little face. He's got his his side eye. He keeps side eyeing me and smiling big. You know, he knows I fucked up, but it's all good. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do is when I open up my internet browser, there's all these different things, like all these different stories that they're telling you to read. And I think I'm going to read a couple of these and just kind of go over them. Like, this one right here is kind of a wild thing, right? It says, Amazon is scrambling because people found a new way to save on shopping. And without even going into the story... Because I know that if I click on it, it's going to be like, sign up now and donate $1.99 per month, which isn't a donation. It's called a subscription. Uh, to CapitalOneShopping.com. 
for sure not going to do that. But also, if you think that I'm going to be the dummy to to get trapped into clicking that Amazon scrambling, Amazon is a trillion dollar company. Amazon how much how much did Amazon how do you look that up? What would I look up? Amazon worth 2020. Let's just take a look. Mm, I was off. Okay, I was off. They're only worth $896 billion. So, uh, you know, when when daddy can take a rocket to the moon the same way I can drive my car to Safeway, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> they're not scrambling because people are like, whoa, I found a red hot deal on fucking Target. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> that's that's such a funny thing to think about like could you imagine like the director of operations of north america amazon's like so what's on the agenda for today or maybe it's a gal what's on the agenda for today and like one of the market people is like um well uh you you see how we have this this 12 pack of uh fleshlights Mm mm-hmm 89.99 89.99 reasonably priced i'm sure we're selling a ton of them here's the thing though is we found out that on alibaba uh that you can get the same one for 69.99 <laughs> scramble everybody scramble <laughs> amazon scrambling Golly, what a bait, what a, what a clickbait. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I am going to click on this one. This one is something that I believe most people would click on. When squirrels were one of America's most popular pets. Hello? In 1720, in twenty. 1722. Why is that so hard to say? In 1722, a pet squirrel named Mungo passed away. (laughs) That's a hell of a name. Mungo is a hell of a name. It was a tragedy. Mungo escaped its confines and met its fate at the teeth of a dog. Yep, it'll happen. Benjamin Franklin, okay, friend of the owner, immortalized the squirrel with a tribute. Few squirrels were better accomplished. For he had a good education and traveled far, and had seen much of the world, Franklin wrote, adding, Thou art fallen by the fangs of wanton, cruel ranger. (laughs) Dude, that is the most 1722 sentence of all time. Few squirrels were better accomplished, for he had a good education, traveled far, and had seen much of the world. Thou art fallen by the fangs of wanton, cruel ranger. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, mourning a squirrel's death wasn't as uncommon as you might think when Franklin wrote Mungo's eulogy in the 18th and 19th centuries squirrels were fixtures in american homes especially for children well which is disgusting okay squirrels are are cute when you watch them dart across like a fucking fence 
but they're essentially a rat with a fluffy tail when you really look at them. They're in the same family. Disgusting. Um, Americans kept many types of wild animals as pets. Squirrels were the most popular, according to Kath and Greer's Pets in America, being relatively easy to keep. And then there's this fucking painted picture, because it's 1722, of a dude sitting at his desk, and there's a little squirrel just mowing like a cracker next to a glass of water. Water. I'm Andrew Tate. I need, I need sparkling water. My woman doesn't pay for the for restaurants. If you guys haven't heard of Andrew Tate, you should you should uh, watch some of his interviews because they're insanely funny. The fucking him and Cobra, King Cobra, are two of the internet gold mines. There's also a guy named Cobra. So there's Cobra Tate, who is, you know, whatever you say about him, he's he's just a he's an internet personality. I think he's fucking hilarious. But uh, King Cobra is like a gothic pervert weirdo, and he's kind of a severe alcoholic. But he does all this fucked up shit on the internet, and like the most recent video I saw of him. <laughs> He tried sake for the first time and he took a shot of it. And he was like, down the hatch. And he took the shot of sake and like did like a spit take and spit it all over the place and went, oops. And then the fucking video ends. It's so funny. By the 1700s, a golden era, okay, a golden era of squirrel ownership was in full swing. Squirrels were sold in markets and found in the homes of wealthy urban families. Wealthy urban families were the ones like, Daddy, but I want a squirrel for Christmas. Fuck a dog. Fuck wonton. The dark ranger. You shitting me? Polite Polite upper class squirrel attached to a gold chain leash were proudly displayed. Oh my God. Most pet squirrels were American gray squirrels, obviously, though red squirrels and flying squirrels were around, enchanting the country with their devil-may-care attitudes and fluffy bodies. What's the def- What's the definition for devil-may-care? Devil-may-care meaning. Cheerful and reckless. <laughs> what a way to describe a squirrel. <laughs> Enchanting the country with their devil may care attitudes and fluffy bodies. <laughs> By the 19th century, a canon of squirrel care literature emerged for the enthusiast. In the 1851 book, Domestic Pets, Their Habits and Management, Jane Loudon writes more about squirrels as pets than rabbits and devotes an entire chapter to the beautiful little creatures, very agile and graceful in its movements. Squirrels may be taught to jump from one hand to the other, to search for a hidden nut, 
and it soon knows its name. And the person who feeds it, wait, and it soon knows its name, and the person who feeds it. Oh, that's how you'd say that. Okay. Loudon also waxes on their habits, like jumping around a room and peeping out from wooden eaves, writing that an instance is recorded of no less than 17 lumps of sugar being found in the cornice of a drawing room in which the squirrel had been kept besides innumerable, innumerable? Innumerable nuts, pieces, and bits. So this little squirrel was just fucking, was just turned on survival tactics and and, and stashed away 17 lumps of sugar and some nuts and some biscuit. When your squirrel is not running around the room, provide it with a thin-lined cage that has a running wheel. Jesus Christ. Then there's this like old school drawing. This little girl has a fucking cockatoo in like a a little gentleman's outfit. A squirrel crawling on her shoulder. A cat sleeping on a pillow next to her. And a hawk looking like it's swooping in on the cat or the squirrel. Oh my God. This is so wild. Whoa. No way. While many people captured their pet squirrels from the wild in the 1800s, squirrels were also sold in pet shops. A then barogening, barogening, burgeoning, burgeoning. Well, I'm assuming that means like a once huge blowing up industry that today constitutes a seventy billion dollar business. One home manual from 1883, for example, explained that any squirrel could be bought from your local bird feeder. But not unlike some shops today, these pet stores could have a dark side. (laughs) Greer writes that shop owners face the possibility that they sold animals to customers who would neglect or abuse them, or that their trade in particular species would endanger its future in the wild. That is so crazy that fucking squirrel selling was a $70 billion industry. I just talked about how Amazon is an $800 billion, probably nine, let's just say, round up, say $900 billion industry. So that's anything you want generally next day delivered to your house. Anything you want, right? Which is a pretty good business. Buying squirrels back in the 1800s was pretty similar. <laughs> I mean, I understand there's a huge, huge difference. Okay. Dr. Dre sold Beats by Dre for a billion dollars. Okay, tack on 69 more of those, Dre. You kidding me? Fans of Bob Ross might remember his pet squirrel named Peapod. And some squirrel owners are rekindling the obsession by making their pets Instagram famous. Still, wild squirrels surely agree. It's probably best we're now mostly leaving them in the forest. Yeah, that's probably best. You know, they also have rabies. Do squirrels have rabies? Small rodents and other wild animals. 
Small rodents like squirrels, hamsters, guinea pigs, gerbils, chipmunks, rats, and mice, and langomorphs, whatever the fuck that is, are almost never found to be... Oh, wow. Are almost never... <laughs> well. And have not been known to transmit rabies to humans. <laughs> well, that one's in my eye. Do you need rabies shot if you're bitten by a squirrel? Bites of squirrels, hamsters, guinea pigs almost never require rabies exposure. Wow. Wait, so what animal gives you rabies? What? My whole life, I've been told that rats will give you rabies. Why am I 32 years old right now finding out that rats, rats definitely like, almost never have rabies? What the fuck? What animals have rabies then? The most common wild reservoirs of rabies are raccoons, skunks, bats, and foxes. Huh. Dom domestic animal mammals can also get rabies. Cats, cattle, and dogs are most frequently reported rabid domestic animals. <sighs> Wait. Which animal transmits rabies to humans most? If it is man's best friend, please don't tell me it's man's. Oh, bats. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Rats with wing. Rat, 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 rats with wings. Bats. Seven out of ten Americans who die from rabies in the U.S. were infected by bats. Those little cocksuckers. I could have told you that though, couldn't I? Couldn't I? I mean. I just did, so <laughs> not a big deal. That's wild. Who knew? Who knew that the fucking little devil may care squirrels themselves were such a fucking popular, popular showcase back in the 1800s? That'd be dope, though. You know what else? Here's the thing is I know I just said raccoons have uh, rabies or like one of the most um, grieving California. What? Uh Raccoon would if we could domesticate raccoons, that'd be fucking popping. Those things are smarter than hell, and they got legit ass little hands. You know, but they're rascals. If there's any animal that has a devil may cry attitude, it is a, a absolutely it's a raccoon. They have the same face as a dog, basically, or a fox. No, raccoons basically have their own face, don't they? They're little sons of bitches is what they are. Do you remember when Captain Hank uh, was telling about how his dad had like two different raccoons or three different raccoons or like his uncle had like a, a raccoon or something when in the fucking thing stole its keys twice, stole his keys fucking two different times, stole his keys and took off, never to be found again. The raccoon is definitely the animal you want to watch out. It will steal your keys and fuck your wife. Mark my words. Raccoons are little sons of bitches. Influencing is the dream job, but is it really worth it? There's a dark underbelly of influencing that we can't ignore. The ramifications of instant fame and lack of privacy. Okay, this one seems pretty self-explanatory, but... Oh, wow. Article, Scambition. And it says scam, like like it's spray-painted on, and then bition. 
is just in regular like Times New Roman scambition. Influencing is really the dream job, but is it really worth it? Five hundred and fifteen thousand one hundred. That's how many pairs of eyes are on Marissa Miezes at any given moment. As a full-time content creator, she can fully support herself through her channel and brand deals thanks to this large following, but it's not exactly easy. Trying to determine your entire income, this is boring as fucking all get out. Two former friends talking behind your back. That is so ridiculous. Like, I post these fucking TikTok videos that take me like two hours to make of me talking to myself, which I know is a pretty stupid fucking present. Or, uh, 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 when, oh my God. Okay. The 25 year old who's based in New York City, went viral on TikTok in 2021 after responding to a video of two former friends talking behind her back. Within a few hours of posting, I gained 100,000 followers, she says. And it just went up from there. Because of this massive and immediate response, she was able to create the organization No More Lonely Friends, which hosts meetups for people looking to make connections and friends in cities across the U.S. and start influencing full-time. God, that bugs me. That <laughs> bugs me. <laughs> uh, in nine, 2019 poll, uh, found 50%, 54% of Americans between 13 and 38. Okay, well, 13 to 18 doesn't matter because you're a child and you're an idiot. So let's just say 18 to 38. A 13-year-old shouldn't even be taking a fucking poll. What are you talking about? I guess I did, like, the IQ test when I was, like, 13, but I guess it's also different because when I was 13, the internet, like, when I was 13, for sure, my mom still had AOL. For sure still had America Online. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Um, past, God, what a fucking joke. TikTok's algorithm was, uh, I'm not gonna, is it really a life worth living? Oh, no. Fuck that. I'm not even going to read that. I'm not even going to give those influencers my time of day. First, excuse me. What? What? Okay. I'm going to do... Music's 30 Fiercest Feuds and Beefs. Let's see what we got here. I like this. John Lennon versus Paul McCarthy. The generation-defying duo kept their squabbles behind closed doors during the Beatles' death throws in the late 60s. But as McCarthy made a move to legally dissolve the band's partnership... In December 1970, Lennon took the spat public in the pages of the Rolling Stones. I pretty damn well know we got fed up of being side, a sideman for Paul. McCarthy, McCarthy's poor leadership following the death of the band's manager, Brian Epstein. Mm, mm, hey, mm, that's not a great last name. Mm, 
Didn't know that. Didn't know didn't know when you died in 1970 that uh, your last name, mm, not great. Uh, Lennon's new relationship with Yoko Ono, who is an absolute psychopath. Have you ever heard of any, like, have, have you ever heard of Yoko Ono's music? It is so wild to me. It's the same as that girl getting 100,000 followers for, like, responding to two people talking shit about her. Yoko Ono, literally through osmosis, was able to, like, be... I know... I'm 32 years old, and I fucking know who Yoko Ono is, and I've heard her music, and it's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, Brian Epstein and the other Beatles' reaction to Lennon's new relationship with Yoko Ono. Ringo was all right, but the other two really gave it to us. I'll never forgive them. All right. So that's number one beef. McCarthy and John Lennon. Brian Wilson and Mike Love of the Beach Boys. I have reason to believe this has something to do with uh, Charles Manson. Um, I'm not really going to... Wilson later claimed that Love was disgusted by the project and blah, blah, blah. The Beach Boys, they had three good songs. Fuck them forever. Like, I can... Uh, oh, Baba that's a great song and then um everybody's going surfing surfing usa don felder versus don henley and glenn frey okay don and don pretty funny two dons made the eagles huh isn't that funny the eagles had fucking the eagles rarely had peaceful easy feelings within their ranks but the most extreme uh, during sessions for Hotel California in 1976, Felder expressed the desire to sing his composition Victim of Love, but his bandmates were less than pleased with his initial takes. Don Felder, for all of his talents as a guitar player, was not a singer, Frey said in the band's authorized 2013 documentary, The History of the Eagles. Henley agreed, saying it simply did not come up to the band's standards. While Felder was at dinner with the group's manager, Irving Azov, also a fucked up name, not an Epstein, well, not Epstein, but Irving Azov, that sounds like something like, I'm Irving my ass off. <laughs> that's just, hey, that's just dad DNA right there for you. Sorry, I can't help myself on that one. That's, that's a gimme. That's a gimme. I'm Irving my ass off. Irving Azov. The rest of the band wiped his vocals and recorded it with Henley shit. So they let him do it. <laughs> oh, you poor fucker. Uh, the Eagles struggled to follow up the record-breaking success of Hotel California and the sessions for what would become the long run dragged for on. The long run dragged on for 18 months. During that time, Felder found himself increasingly at odds with Henley and Frey sarcastically dubbing them the gods. <laughs> You're welcome, Senator, I guess. So, uh, Frey later, uh, later called, We're out there singing Best of My Love. But inside both of us thinking, as soon as this is over, I'm going to kill him. Okay, i got to read that. So, enraged, Frey laid into Fetter. Felder, as soon as the politician was out of sight, 
and the fight continued on mic. In the middle of the night's performance, we're on stage. Felder looks back at me and says, only three, three more songs till I kick your ass, pal. And I'm saying, great, I can't wait. We're out there singing Best of My Love, but both of us are thinking as soon as this is over, I'm going to kill him. So these two were about to beat the shit out of each other after. That's cool. Roger Waters and David Gilmore of Pink Floyd. Oh, man, I don't want to hear that. Pink Floyd were divided during Sessions of the Wall in 1979 as Gilmore, Nick Mason, and Rick Wright grew frustrated by Waters' unwillingness to compromise in the studio. He forced his way to become the central figure. Gilmore told Rolling Stone in 1987, Waters, for his part, claimed he was pushed into the role of created Taskmaster due to diminishing input of his, to his mind, less talented bandmates. There was no point in Gilmore, Mason, or Wright trying to write lyrics. He countered in Rolling Stone, because they'll never be as good as mine. Gilmore's lyrics are very third-rate. Damn. You know... When you read that and you think about it and you're like, okay, well, your lyrics are really third rate. Any person who's never written lyrics or like anything, I've never written lyrics, but like if you were in any situation, like just at work, let's, let's just, let's say you're a mechanic, you're a mechanic, you and three other mechanics work in a shop and there's one guy who just keeps telling everyone like, okay, you two, you guys get like the. You guys get the oil changes. I'll do the transmissions because you're, you're no good at being a mechanic. Well, you're third rate. You can do oil changes. I'll maybe let you get a radiator in there. Like trying to, trying to big dog the shit out of these guys. That's rough. Ray Davies versus Dave Davies. Hey, your parents, come on. The Kinks. I love the Kinks, but I did not know Dave Davies you named your kid David Davies. You named your first kid Ray, Raymond Davies, and you're like, okay, that's a good one. Then you have your second kid, and you go, what do you want to name him? David Davies. Damn. We were battlers, respective, but the very thing that ultimately caused it to break up. According to the Dave, difference in step from childhood. I think Ray has been happy for only three years in his life, and those were the three years before I was born. Damn. And they just, the weather's not looking good. What do you think? Maybe I should wait after the Christmas. Oh, shit. Um, that was a work thing. And I am going to actually respond to that right now. That's probably a good idea. That's probably a good idea. Um, okay, sorry. So, ill-fated 50th birthday, Ray has money, so this is, okay, so Ray, Dave Davies, Paul Simon and Art, Simon and Garfunkel didn't like each other? I mean, that makes sense, Paul Simon kind of went off and did his own thing after a while. Call Me Al is one of the best songs, you know, here's the thing, is Paul Simon has some of the best music of all time. Whoa. Okay, so here's one that I will get into. Keith Richards versus Elton John. Keith Richards is a fucking badass, and Elton John is a knight. So, lovely bloke, Richards said of John in 1988 Rolling Stones interview. But posing, 
The venomous dig was prompted by John's recent single. I don't want to go on with you like that. But some wondered if Keith harbored a grudge against John for outstaying his welcome during a guest appearance, which stretched to 10 songs. This is not really that great. <laughs> John went on the offense in 2011 where he criticized Richard's uh, recent autobiography, Life, which I read, and it is wild. That dude is a maniac. The People who say they don't believe in Sasquatch or UFOs or God or anything out of the ordinary from just breathing air and going to work and eating dinner. People who don't believe in like extraterrestrials or any 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 big deal thing that no one's ever proven to be the Megalodon. All the stuff that, you know, Joe and I want to be real. Anybody who doesn't believe that, uh, then explain to me how Keith Richards is alive. <laughs> That's a conspiracy all by itself, isn't it? Is that not a conspiracy all by itself? I got to sneeze. Get ready. <coughs> Excuse me. Holy fucking shit. Um, uh, so which featured some unflattering details about Jagger's anatomy. I was a bit put off by hearing about the bit about Mick Jagger's penis, he said. If I said that about Bernie Tupain was a miserable twat who had a small penis, he'd probably, not, he'd probably never talk to me again. It's like, why do that? David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen, everyone knows they hated each other, and if you didn't know that, read about it. The Roxanne Wars... Roxanne Shanti, the real Roxanne. I don't even know who that is. I don't know who that is. So we're going to keep on moving. Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. Those two look like I'm looking at this picture of them. They look like they used to fuck. Slash and Axl Rose. We all knew they didn't like each other. Man, Slash was so much cooler than Axl Rose. Axl Rose is such a Guns N' Roses sucks dick. Oh, my God. You know how, how nice it is for me to be able to say that? Just kind of willy-nilly. Joe's not here to defend him. I'm just by myself talking shit. Guns N' Roses is bad music. The only good thing about Guns N' Roses is Slash. Axl Rose... Okay... Axl Rose, there's not a fucking chance in hell. There's not a chicken dick's chance in hell that Axl Rose is a famous singer in 2020. There's not a chance. Oh, my God. Wow. Welcome to Jackal. The worst. The worst. The worst. You know who else has a fucking Oasis versus Blur? What? I thought Oasis guys hated each other. Sharing a healthy mutual respect, but the headstrong Gallagher brothers began to resent being lumped together with the figureheads of Brit Pop. The beef began when Blur's Damon Albarn attended. You guys remember Blur, right? They were huge in the 1990s. Um, some might say Oasis' first number one song, uh, single in the UK. Some might say 
in the spring of 1995. I went to their celebration party, you know, just to say well done. Uh, and Liam came over and was like, Liam came over and like he is, he goes, number fucking one, right in my face. So I thought, okay, we'll see. Well, don't be such a bitch. Just let him have his time. He's probably fucked up on coke and like drank his face off. Oh man. The lead singer for blur would never make it in a fantasy football league ever. Or he would just come back next season and just come back strong. I lost my fantasy football uh, playoffs today. I had a good run. I went into it like six and eight. Terrible record. Beat the first guy. Came in. Had a strong showing. And had a couple guys get hurt in the middle of the fucking game on Sunday. And that took the wind out of my sails. But who cares? No big deal. I don't work at Star Rentals anymore. And it's a Star Rentals league. And if anyone from Star Rentals is listening to this, I'm not paying this year. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. I'm not paying you this year. This year, my league dues are on the house. (laughs) Oh, shit. Whatever, so... Well, Tupac Shakur versus Notorious B.I.G. What a wild thing. Also, another wild thing is that a lot of people are almost certain that Tupac's alive. (laughs) That's something I need to look into. Tupac alive? Question mark. The Tupac alive conspiracy is back thanks to some viral. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Some viral images. Controversial claim about Tupac arose on social media again this week thanks to some startling, starting, startlingly, use a different word, startlingly, startlingly clear images of the late rapper. It doesn't really take much to get conspiracy theorists going. Don't I know it? Tupac, pictures of Tupac started spreading online around June 16th, his birthday with many taken aback by the crystal clear clarity of them. Soon, Tupac's name was trending on Twitter. Soon, people were speculating that the incredible images were a sure sign that he's still alive and well. So, Tupac has too many fresh pictures. It's starting to get suspicion, was one very popular tweet. One day, the person behind Tupac's account will post a picture of him Holding an iPhone 13. Someone else joked. Tupac died in the 1990s. There were no quality pictures like this. Someone else insisted. Do I get to see the pictures or not? One day the person behind Tupac's account will post a picture of him. I mean... You'll let two... Yeah, it's photoshopped. I mean, you can clear anything up. So they're talking about they're talking about pictures of him in the 90s just clarified. What a joke. What a bunch of assholes. Marcus King, young blood, old soul. Touring the vintage trouble of Bluefest in 2023, Marcus King faced some demons in recording his latest album, Young Blood. 
Well, that sucks because 2023 hasn't happened yet. That's funny how that happened. 2023 hasn't happened yet, guys. Dear Mama is expected to premiere on FX later this year. Each episode will be available to stream on Hulu the day after it first airs on X FX. So Tupac definitely still dead. It's all good. It's sad. But that's not like that is not a reason. To, look at how clear this picture is. Yeah. You realize that they can like add color to World War Two videos now. What are you going to be like? Well, then that was staged. No, because here's the thing is once the, when they made the World War Two videos HD and did them in color, uh, they couldn't do that back in the 40s. God, that's so stupid. Suge Knight was not a good guy. Kid Rock versus Tommy Lee. Talk about the white trash brawl of the century. Tommy Lee's got a fucking cock on him, though. What a... Jesus... It was like six months ago. He posted his fully erect penis on Instagram with his caption just said, oops. <laughs> Fuck, if you can get away with it. If I had a dick like that, I would I would probably oops in public like once a month. Oops. Sorry. Prince versus Michael Jackson. Now that's that's a heavyweight battle. No, Prince versus Michael Jackson. That's something I'd like to see on like, uh, like Xbox 360. Those two beat the shit out of each other. Prince would just have like his guitar as a weapon, and Michael Jackson would just be smooth as fucking hard as hell to hit. I'm not gonna get into why they beefed because it's just too much. I mean, you can look at Prince and Michael Jackson in, like, the mid-'80s and be like, oh, I get it. I understand why they were beefing with each other. And, like, also, what a pussy-ass beef to have, those two guys. Just, like, I could only imagine what, like, their... Well, now, here's the thing. Is, is rumor has it is that Prince was kind of a bad motherfucker. People say that his, like, his... uh his shit talking game was was hot like that Charlie Murphy uh Chappelle show thing where they play um basketball is apparently a true story so not only is prince wet on the fucking court but he also talks shit now michael jackson i don't have very much confidence <laughs> would have like great shit talking skills prince would be like yeah, you know what I I don't know what I don't know what Prince would say, but Michael Jackson I'm assuming would be something like Yeah, Mickey bend over at the edge of my bed and show me your butthole. That's something. Isn't that what that kid said in the documentary? Ooh, Kirk Cobain versus Guns N' Roses. Look, Axel Rose having a beef with somebody again. God. Rose was an Initially a big fan of Seattle's most pop, uh, most famous export. Even wearing a Nirvana hat in a video for Don't Cry. But Cobain repeatedly badmouthed GNR in the press. Good move, Cobain. Kurt Cobain, of course he did. Because he's fucking badass, dude. Um, undeterred, Rose invited Nirvana to be their opening act on a co-headlining tour with Metallica. 
One day we're walking through an airport and Kurt says, fuck, Ax- <laughs> fuck Axl Rose, won't stop calling me. Dave Grohl later recalled in a 2000 interview with Esquire. I think it represented something bigger. Nirvana, Nirvana didn't want to turn into Guns N' Roses. So Kurt started talking shit in interviews and then Axel started talking back. I like that move. Uh, Rose called Kurt a fucking junkie and his junkie wife, uh, Courtney Love. And that's not, it's not, not true. You know, they were definitely both addicted to heroin pretty hard. Um, and when Courtney saw Axel, she said, Axel, Axel, do you want to be the godfather of our child? She was taunting him. Yeah. Rose then hissed a warning Cobain never forgot. These were his words. You shut your bitch up or I'm taking you down to the pavement. So I turned to Courtney and said, shut up, bitch. (laughs) Very funny. Kurt Cobain, I mean, I feel like he was a funny guy. He was just addicted to heroin and he was sad as hell. Poor guy. The mood turned even uglier when Seymour asked Love if she was a model. No, came the reply, are you a brain surgeon? Ooh, good one. I like that. Lil' Kim versus Foxy Brown. So nobody knows who Foxy Brown is. Nobody knows who Foxy Brown is. Mariah Carey versus Whitney Houston. That's another one I'd like to see on Xbox 360. Whitney Houston just beat the shit out of Mariah Carey. We're 19 days into fucking December. I've heard that song by Mariah Carey about 150 fucking times. I don't want a lot for Christmas. Daddy's helping and auntie and I. Well, it's easy. Oh, I need a Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. Nothing you can ever know. Make my wish come true. See, if I wasn't in the shed, I couldn't hit that high note. If I was in the house and I had to be in the live in, in I wouldn't be able to hit that high note because I'd wake up. I'd bring down the roof. Okay. Um, Whitney Houston smoked a lot of crack and would have whooped the shit out of Mariah Carey. I mean, that's just... <laughs> we know that. 50 Cent versus Ja Rule. We all know about that one because Ja Rule tried to be... Uh, he tried to like sound like somebody, right? Wanks to clap back, Hail Mary, things done change, rattle lines... I'll probably go to jail for sending so f- sending fifty to hell. Hmm. Ja Rule f- would find himself crippled when Murder Inc. was shut down due to federal racketeering indictment. Mm, not a good look. Uh, also, Ja Rule, I'm pretty sure had <laughs> had a thing to do with the Firefest. <laughs> wasn't Ja Rule? Wasn't Ja Rule? Uh, Firefest promoters. Yeah, Rapper Jaw Rule. Billy McFarland and Rapper Jaw Rule. Like, that's one thing. If you have, like, 10, 15K lying around and you're like, there's supposed to be this festival, 
And you're like, really? Where is it? And they're like, it's called Firefest. It's going to be the biggest and the baddest. They have a fucking private island. And you're like, no way. How'd you find out about it? Ja Rule was promoting it on Instagram. Oop, red flag. Oop, oop. Ja Rule, he hasn't been relevant in 20 years. Oop, red flag. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Nas versus Jay-Z. Dang. I'd like to see those two go at it on Xbox 360. Dead Presidents, so good. Mm, I'm going to listen to a little Ja Rule tomorrow. Just kidding. I am actually going to listen to some Nas, though, tomorrow. That sounds really nice. Madonna versus Elton John. <laughs> I don't have much to say about that. Those two probably had like, oh, whoa. Sorry, her career is over. Her tour was a disaster, and it couldn't have happened to a bigger cunt. If Madonna had any common sense, she would have made a record like Ray of Light, stayed away from the dance stuff, and just been a great pop singer and made great pop records, which she does brilliantly, but no. She looks like a fucking fairground stripper. Damn, dog. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, we did the X-ray the X-rays on Elton John. He does in fact have that dog in him. <laughs> Jesus Christ! There it is. Noel Gallagher versus Liam Gallagher uh, Oasis. They fucking hit each other. They got into a physical fist fight during a show, um, which is funny. Oh look, Mariah Carey is feuding again with Jennifer Lopez, and Jennifer Lopez I think would also actually Mariah Carey would. It'd be a pretty fair fight. They'd probably beat the shit out of each other, and you'd be like, God damn. That was a ferocious fight. There's a lot of skin missing. There's a lot of scratching that happens there. There's no real, there's no real, well, Jenny from the block. Is J-Lo from the hood, I wonder? Lady Gaga versus Madonna. Why is Madonna getting on everyone's shit list? She's a psychopath. Um, you're never gonna be. You're just a wanna be me. Oh, damn. Kanye West versus Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean, Kanye West kind of, <laughs> kind of beat himself, right? He kind of lost that fight to himself. Taylor just played the long con, the same year. <laughs> The same year that Kanye West put his entire life in a garbage disposal and said, I hate Jews or whatever. Taylor Swift sold out shows in like 50 countries in like 10 minutes. <laughs> she, she, like, she like broke the internet bandwidth selling out her fucking concert. So uh, we know who won that one. Meek Mill versus Drake. I don't really... I know that Drake is a hit factory. Meek Mill, I think, has some good songs. I don't, like... Here's the thing is, I don't know that much about a lot of new rappers. Jack White versus the Black Keys. Well, I hate to tell you that Jack White is one of the most talented musicians of all time. You realize anytime you listen to any White Stripes, that's two people making that music. That's fucking incredible. Jack White is a fucking boss. Let's read about this a little bit. Nah, fuck it. Uh, Katy Perry versus Taylor Swift. Now, here's the thing. is Taylor Swift does have a track record for 
people not liking her. I feel like. I feel like. I feel like. I feel like Taylor Swift's fans are psychopaths, like really just ride or die. You know, if if Taylor Swift came forward and was like, ha ha ha, no, all the Swifties, I want. What do what do Taylor Taylor Swift fans call themselves? Something. Taylor Swift fans name. The Swifties. Okay, I was right. So the Swifties, if she was like, ah, all the Swifties with my big old fake teeth. What I want you to do for my next song is jump into the Grand Canyon. I I think that at least out of all the people, all the Swifties on the planet, I think at least a hundred of them would do it. And I'm not even exaggerating. I really think that at least a hundred fans of Taylor Swift, if she came forward and was like, jump into the Grand Canyon for my music, they would be like, oh, well, I just want to go listen to Taylor. I'm a Swifty. So, I mean, I'm not saying like flocks of fucking buffalo would hurt off of a cliff for her, but like, okay, I would, you know what? I would bet my house that at least 10 would for sure. At least 10 would jump. There's no way you'd be able to stop it from happening either. There's so many places you could jump into the Grand Canyon. Zayn Malik versus One Direction. Uh, that's not a real name. That's not a real name. Zayn. Remy Ma versus Nicki Minaj. Who's Remy Ma? Remy Ma's career was sidelined in 2008 by a weapons and assault conviction that brought a six-year prison sentence, leaving the lane open for Minaj, who had taken shots at her on 2007's Dirty Money to secure the Rap Queen title. Huh. Remy responded by launching an all-out assault with the seven-minute diss epic Sheether, which took aim at Minaj. I'm jealous, bitch. You was happy when they took me. Best thing that ever happened to you was when they booked me. She seethed on the track. Remy gave Minaj a 48-hour deadline to respond to the song, which she did, sort of. Instead of response track, Minaj shaded her on Instagram by posting a since-deleted screenshot of Plata O Plomo's disappointing album sales. Plata O Plomo. Well, yeah, she didn't. Like, okay, remember the Eminem MGK beef where they were going after it and they actually did songs back and forth? And now MGK is like an emo singer. So, through the power of deduction, we know who won that one. The greatest rapper of all time. Uh, but could you imagine if like MGK? No, it would have to be. No, I guess I, there's no way to really compare the two. But if MGK like put out uh, Rap Devil, I think was the name of his song. Fucking beard is weird. Uh, and then Eminem just clapped back on Instagram. And was like. Like a picture of MGK's face with like a fucking red. iPhone edit arrow that just like points to like his like teeth and be like you have janky teeth 
Ooh, yikes. You're not a... That was all of them, huh? That's strange they didn't put the MGK uh, Eminem beef on there. Huh. How weird. Well, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. What else did I want to talk about? We're at 63 minutes. Nice, dude. I'm killing it. That's great. Um, I guess what I'd like to do next is probably... Oh, yeah, I'll do the uh, Let's Talk Tuesdays that I got. Um, so the first one call uh, comes from Y'all Don't Know Nothing in Tacoma, Washington. These names are fucking so good. If you got a, uh, if you got a Let's Talk Tuesday, email it in to pnqpod at gmail.com, and I'll make sure to answer them. Um, but this one is... What do you think of the Britney Griner trade? If you don't know, look it up. I know what the Britney... What do you... Oh, so he's talking about like the actual trade for her... <laughs> so he's the tra- he's like he he almost wrote it as like a like a fantasy sports trade, you know. Um yeah, I mean, here's the thing is like it's pretty fucked up. The the Britney the Britney Griner trade is 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 not it it was definitely not a good trade. It was definitely um UFC Legends comments on Brittany Griner is going viral. What? Doesn't deserve vitriol. For the first time when she was freed from Russia. Oh, October 18th, 1990. Same age as me. What the hell? Um, What is Brittany Griner's WNBA salary? Over 200000 a season. What? Are you kidding me? Um, wait, so what's the name of the, okay, uh, traded for Russian prisoner. Okay. Mouse pad thing. Move. There we go. So, okay. U.S. and Russian officials said that Griner, a two-time Olympic gold medalist who was arrested outside of Moscow in February for carrying a small amount of cannabis oil illegal in Russia, so that's that's one thing, was swapped for Victor Bout. His nickname, The Merchant of Death, who was serving a 25-year sentence in federal prison for weapons weapons trafficking. Hmm... Hmm, not a good trade. Not a good trade. Not a good trade at all. Oh, my God. Dude, Washington Post, just let me read the thing, please. Uh, New York Post, I'm sure I have to sign up for this bullshit, too, huh? Yeah, here we go. Go ahead, get the pop-up going. Okay. Oh, let's let me read it. Sick. So... Uh, <clears throat> this this isn't even a, a shot at the Britney Griner or the WNBA or anything like that, right? 
this is just a shot at a at a bad trade off, a bad handoff. You know, like the guy that we gave Russia back for her. Russia's not going to put this guy in jail back in Russia. You know, and like the the differences between what they were in jail for. It's not an even trade at all. Like, she was found with a weed pen in Russia. Illegal. She got arrested in Russia and was put in jail in Russia. Which, yes, that's a fucking nightmare. That's a nightmare for anybody who's not Russian. Even if you're fucking Russian, go to a gulag. That's no fucking joke, dude. But she was arrested, right? And that... So... But that was for a weed pen. Let's read about Victor Bout, an outlaw Russian arms dealer known as the Merchant of Death, was exchanged in a prisoner swap between the U.S. and Russia for safe return of WNBA star Brittany Griner on December 8th. Bout had been in custody since 2008 when a secretive sting operation led by the, the DEA captured him in Thailand. The possibility of swapping Bout and Griner began floating around in May as he was in the middle of a 25-year sentence in federal prison after he was convicted for conspiracy to sell tens of millions of dollars in weapons to be used against Americans, according to U.S. officials. If you don't think that Victor Bout isn't going to go to Russia and get right back in the game, 2008... To 2022. What is that? 16 years? So he had 16 years under his belt. That might not be the right math. If it's not the right math, Allie will tell me at the end of this. When she listens, she will tell me. But I, okay, so I'm thinking it's like 16 years he went in prison. He's not going to go to American federal prison and then get out and be like, Well, I've turned a new leaf. I decided I'm going to start. Uh, growing kale and selling alfalfa. Like, this dude's going to go right back over there and Putin's going to be like, Victor, buddy, thank God you're back. You're an arms dealer guy, right? Just so happens we're in a war right now. And it's like we're getting our dick punched by a little brother every single day. You can help us with that, right? And then on the other half of it, America's like, oh, thank God, Brittany Griner gets to come back to play in the WNBA. Like if each person comes back and does their selective, like their jobs that they had before going to prison, one of them is super bad for the world. And the other one is just, you know, you know, WNBA, whatever it is. I'll just come out and say it. Go ahead. Throw me on the cross. WNBA is fucking boring. It's crazy. Women's soccer, they're so mean. And they run just as fast. And they play just as hard. Women's hockey, it's a lot of Bumblebee stuff. But it's also still very fun to watch. Women's basketball, like, the reason you watch basketball is so you can watch fucking some guy throw a ball 45 feet. And another guy catch it in midair and dunk that shit to the house. Brittany Griner, I'm pretty sure, was the first woman to dunk a ball. And 
Yeah, she should be able to. She's seven foot ten. God. Bout assembled a fleet of ex-Soviet cargo planes. Massive. Uh, and began making shipments of arms and other goods all over the world. Bout came to America's attention in the late 19th. He supplied weapons to the war zones of the Congo, Liberia, and Sierra Leone. Hmm. All pretty bad places. You ever seen Black Hawk Down? I mean, he probably had his fucking dick wet in that too. So we gave a guy. Bout was arrested in Thailand in 2000 after he was lured by the USDAH posing as the Colombian uh, rebels. He was extradited to the U.S. in 2010 against Russian objections and ultimately convicted by a Manhattan jury in 2011 for conspiring to sell weapons to designated foreign terrorist groups. What the fuck? Why would you fucking trade anybody for that guy? That's not a guy you give back. Like, couldn't we send in the SEAL team and fucking, you know, plant crack at Alexander Ovechkin's house and then put him in jail? I love Alexander Ovechkin, but this isn't a good trade at all. This is fucking terrible. And I'm not even a politics guy. All you have to do is read. All you have to be able to do is literally all you have to be able to do is read. And you go, and you don't even have to, you go, person A is a professional athlete in Russia on a drug charge. Person B is a international arms dealer who was put in jail for giving terrorist groups guns. Should we give Russia back that person so we can get the professional athlete back? Don't put names or sexes to any of it. A hundred percent of people in America should be like, no, I don't care if it's LeBron fucking James. I don't care if it's Tom Brady. I don't care if it's Wayne Gretzky over there. That's not a good trade. That's terrible. Bad move. That's like trading Patrick Mahomes for fucking the Raiders defense. In fantasy football terms. Damn, dude. You guys missed the fucking mark on that one. And like, not to mention, there's people in America who are in prison for weed. So, they're still in jail for weed. So, something that's been, isn't federally legal, we... We just went and said, well, it's not legal here, and it's certainly not legal in Russia, but we're willing to give you the merchant of death for Brittany Griner. Revise that sentence. Challenge me. We're willing to give you... (laughs) I mean, name any athlete. Literally any athlete. I would say, no, nope. Oh, the guy who gave the, the terrorists in the Congo weapons? Nah, no, that guy should probably stay here for the rest of his sentence, for sure. For sure. We want to keep him here. And so, and I'm looking at pictures of this guy when he went in 2011. He's not a young buck, but he's not old. Like, he's going to come out with the same, like, 
He's boy, oh boy, this is bad. Um, either way, like think about how much the game has changed since two thousand and eight. Motherfucker's gonna have a smartphone now. He's gonna have an iPhone thirteen. Imagine just being able to send a text, being like, "Yeah, drop the two million rounds of ammunition off. I'll, I'll get you covered for cash." I'm cash poor right now. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other one is kind of a throwaway, but it does. It's actually it's kind of a lot. So. If you could have one resource that is a fruit or vegetable be the main weapon against aliens, which would you pick? And that comes from Ted Bundy's assistant out of Lakewood, Washington. Um, I think think that's a really weird question but i like where you're at if you have any more questions let's talk tuesday reach out to us at p and q pod at gmail.com um i feel like you'd want to get something that we have like a massive abundance of and and then you would have to like find a way to make it into like an elixir and be able to shoot it. So however you do that. Hmm. Okay. So I guess what I would do is maybe get like, uh, let's see here. What vegetable grows the fastest? Come on, internet radishes sowing to harvest is 25 days holy shit not bad so radishes so i guess i would yeah that's actually not bad so radishes and they are small but you could puree them and mix them with water and put them in super soakers and you could have like uh like water balloon cannons that are filled with radish water now, my question is, though, is the aliens' aircrafts, well, yeah, because defeat, no, because is it like if it hits an alien and it kills it, but the aircraft is cool, but if if radishes are bad, if the vegetable or fruit in, in conversation is bad for everything that is an alien, including their aircrafts, then radishes, for sure. It's always going to be radishes, definitely. They grow the fastest. Ooh, salad leaves. <sighs> salad leaves are 21 days and they're bigger. Salad leaves. I'm taking salad leaves big big time. Okay, so salad leaves, you puree them, you mix them with water, you get a super soakering. And then you basically got to take it jungle, jungle combat, right? Because if their technology is any good and the only thing that's bad for them is lettuce, then you got to be really smart about the way you play this. Um Damn, that's well. Now you got you got the wheels turning. Um, good question. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take salad salad leaves uh, to take down the aliens. Um, other than that, uh, huge shout out 
to uh, Argentina. Lionel Messi gets his first World Cup. Um, I got to be honest with you. When I when I got a pony out of the race, I stopped watching. You know, when we when we tied England and everyone was fucking shit in their pants about tying England, I was like, let's not act like we beat them, okay? Like a lot of people are like, we tied you guys in our in your best sport. It's like, yeah, but a tie happens like pretty frequently in the game of soccer. And it's not like the Americans sent like the worst players on the planet. Like we had a squad. We made it to the round of 16 or whatever it is. We made it to the elim- elimination round. And the fact that we tied England, yeah, that's cool. But at the same time, like a lot of people were like, Anybody can, you guys put together your best football team, America's team will dominate. It's like, well, yeah, no shit. We're the only country on the fucking planet that plays the game. Like, what? It's not even, like, this sport is global as fuck. Uh, People were just trying to get so fucking jazzed up about us tying England. I was like, eh, you know, that's cool, whatever. Then we played, like, Croatia, when we lost three to one, I mean, we got smoked by Croatia, and I was like, "Yep, oh, that's it. I'm not, not worried about the World Cup anymore." Apparently, it was a good game. Went to overtime or kickoff or kick out, shootout, whatever. Um, and congratulations. Uh, and that's that. So, congratulations. Thanks for the Let's Talk Tuesdays, you guys. And thanks for following along and uh, still listening. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. It was very difficult to do this um, today. So, one thing that happened in my life this week was that one of I take that back the the best person that I've ever known um, passed away on Wednesday my grandma Jody passed away on Wednesday And at first, when I heard that it happened, I just kind of felt numb. And I gave myself the reassuring, she's not in pain or anything anymore, right? And I told myself that. I said... You know, it's a good thing. She was old. She needed to... She needed to take a break. Right? Um, Then I went to work on Thursday. And then I realized that I needed to take a break. And so I left work early on Friday and I kind of had a moment to myself to think about it 
and um, there's not going to be people like her anymore on the planet. She was the nicest, most kind, most caring. She always found the good in anybody. She was just so giving and she was the fucking matriarch of our whole family. And after I had given myself the she's in a better place now talk and that she's, you know, not uh, feeling the way she was feeling. Um. It did set in a little bit, you know, it set in and, um, that she's gone. She is undoubtedly the reason that I am the person I am today. She, you know what? She was the greatest person of all time. And I'm going to miss her like crazy. And I know that anybody who ever met her, who is still alive, whoever knew her, is also going to miss her like crazy. Um, but... This, I don't really have anything. <laughs> I'm still, well, I'll just end it with that. And uh, this one goes out to Grandma Jody. You're the finest woman I ever knew. Love you guys. So nothing, nothing will keep us together. We can beat them forever.